Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, boo-boo? Nothing. What's up with you? How's your week off? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in my week off, middle of my week off. I'm taking some time to, uh, I'll just be honest. Um, you know what? There's only so much Jimmy I can handle and I needed to take a break. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of mean. I, uh, yeah, well, that's me, Scorpion. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I uh, I'm kind of yeah, hurt. See, that's what that's what you get. You walk, you open the door, and yeah, you think say, I'm not going to walk through the door. I want to see how you're doing. I want to say because I care. I'm for you. doing great because I like Jack. less Jimmy. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's hurtful. No, what happened was um, I. But, so be honest. Yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't me. It wasn't you. No, okay. Not, I mean, not not only you. No, no, it wasn't me. Uh, I decided to, uh, with the permission of the elders, take uh, four days off. Okay, just because. Uh, began to feel very overwhelmed uh, with a lot of the stuff that we were doing, and um, I just needed a break, you know. Um, and it wasn't like the preaching, hmm. the teaching. That's another the Another vacation. Yeah, that's right. Another, another one. Well, it's you kinda... can't make fun of me. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't. How many vacations did I take last year? Uh, well, yeah. hold on. How many? How many scheduled vacations, or how much time off? There's a difference between the two. Okay. Uh, Just because you don't go anywhere doesn't right. mean you weren't on vacation. Uh, so really? So, okay. Either way. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll go look at the calendar. There's You took time. Nope. I know. Yes, yeah. there was weeks. Nope. Stop nope. it. You stop it. You stop so, it. So, um, yeah. I uh, yeah, I was afforded two weeks of vacation last year. Mm. And yeah. yet you took three. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so anyways, yeah, uh, I decided like, hey, you know, I'm going to take some time off and mm, uh, just wrong with that. That's spe- good. spend time with the family. And the elders are very cool and protective about, uh, you know, other elders and staff. And so, yeah, the other elders are uh, picking up all my slack, which is not any different from any other week. I'm about to and, say, uh, like, it, does, it feels like a normal week yeah, it's for pretty us. Much a normal week for you guys. Uh, the only thing now is we don't wait. We don't sit here and wait for you not to answer. That's right. Exactly. We just exactly. move forward. With yeah, you know what? <laughs> but the difference is, 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 is I don't feel a little bit bad about it. You know, oh, you right feel now. you only a little bad. Normally, I feel a little bit bad, but right now I don't you feel, feel you feel yeah. really bad. So, um, so we're hanging out, and we wanted to do a Thursday episode where we answer a couple of questions. We get lots of questions, we can't answer them all, but we thought we would do two of them here today, and uh, and just kind of share our thoughts. We don't really have anything planned, no outline. We're just going to read these things and share our thinking. Perfect. So, yeah, I'll uh, read here. Oh, great! Jimmy's going to read everybody. Buckle up. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is uh, Luke Snowden. Wait a minute. Yeah, he goes to our church. Or he's been to our church a couple times. What? Snowden. I'm thinking deep state. Go ahead. Are you deep state? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he says, hey, guys. Actually, I think he's been to our church. Yeah, he's not a, he doesn't go to our church. Yeah, I think he, I think he's an irregular member. You mean an irregular member or an e- irregular sounds like you're, you're a part-time subscriber to an email list. Yeah, yeah that's irregular. Him. Yeah, no, irregular. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm a regular listener to your show. I'm a Southern Baptist working on my MDiv at MBTS. Yeah, and which I'm means at- he doesn't come here. He come. Yes, he does. He does come he has- when he's in town. Hey, yes, Luke. he does. Luke. He does. Okay. He does. All right. 
I'm pretty sure I can, I'm going to go look on Facebook and I'll find them. Go ahead. Go ahead. I am a Southern Baptist working on my MDiv at MBTS, and I'm having to do a research paper on J.P. Boyce. I remembered hearing that you used a statement from his abstracts as your church's statement of faith. I advocated for the same for the church I pastored years ago. Okay, it's not him. No, this, kid, def- this guy no, was young enough. No, he wasn't. No, 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 the guy no, no, I'm thinking guy, of was young. This guy looks let me like, see, let me you see. know what he looks like? He looks, he looks like a strongman competitor. No, that's not the guy yeah, I'm thinking exactly. of. exactly. That's not the guy I'm exactly. thinking of. There's another young dude. Remember he came? Like his mom came? Yeah, I know. I know I know him. I know Luke, but this is not him. Oh, that's not Luke? Yeah, different that, Luke. That's a different Luke? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. There's so many Lukes out there. There's not. There's, there's three. Exactly. There's so, a Luke that comes to our church. There's this Luke that doesn't come, and there's Luke Skywalker. Go. So, exactly. I had a 33% chance. All right. Uh, as a church's statement of faith, I advocated for the same for the church I pastored years ago, as it is a great statement. However, I've been struggling this week as I've read about the ardent pro-slavery position that Boyce had. I read that he owned 23 slaves, and a big reason that motivated his advocacy of Southern Seminary's establishment was slavery, which I realize can be argued is a smaller motivation than I described. My question is, and I think this would be a worthy topic for one of your Thursday episodes, given our current cultural movement, how can we confidently use a statement penned by a guy like Boyce and not have it looked at with suspicion? While I do not judge Boyce to be unregenerate for his pro-slavery slave holding, I do question the value of explicitly and publicly building the theological foundation of his work, or sorry, building the theological foundation off his work. As one who intends to plant a church in the future, this week has been eye-opening and difficult for me to square my love for his work with the grave evil he supported and engaged in. All right. Well, first of all, who's never been to our church, thank you for writing. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And man, I'm always grateful when I see that we've got pastors and students and Christians who are actually thinking through the issues and not just acting, right? Not just doing, right? Yeah, they see yeah. somebody else doing it and they're just doing their thing. So I like that. I think that makes us all better Christians. So big thanks to that. Um, and you're going to a good seminary, uh, Midwest, especially if you can't get into Southern like me, you go to Midwestern oh, and that's a great number two school. In. Great number two school. It's great to have a backup. Yeah. Right? You know the backup plan. Um, <laughs> no, love Midwestern, man. I, I encourage RTS a bunch of people. The safety. Some of our people are going to Midwestern right now. Yep. Um, so, okay. Couple, I tried. I couldn't get in. A couple, a couple of things. Uh, the abstract of principles um, was not written by Boyce. Now, just to clarify things, it was written by Basil Manley, Basil Manley Jr. Um, Boyce asked Manley to do it. So just to kind of get things uh, in order here. Um, so 1858. <laughs> That's Midwestern for you. Yeah, <laughs> way to go. Mibbits. Um, that's how they, that's how they all say it. They don't even say it. They go mibbits. Mibbits. So anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So, okay. So it was drawn up by, uh, Southern Baptist, Mm -hmm. Basil Manley Jr. And, but we're talking Southern Seminary. It came from Southern Seminary. Uh, James Pettigrew Boyce was obviously the president, uh, owned 20, how many slaves? Uh, he put here 23. Eh, Is that so many? I'm not. I'm not joining in on this one. It's only 23. No, I am not joining you. On I mean, this. and maybe some of them nope. were like down with it. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't I, there. I, 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 I don't. <laughs> nope. I'm out. Okay, we can all agree. Yes, we can all agree that any more than five slaves is a bad thing. Okay, oh, so <laughs> no, is it still okay. Oh no, boys. <laughs> boys. <laughs> All right. So yes, slavery, uh, the transatlantic 
slave trade. Uh, not the kind of indentured servitude that we do see happening in scripture, but the, but slavery for sure that we that we it was here in America was evil, awful, wicked, repulsive, Christian, and uh, and that any of us Christians would have been for it at some point is is a terrible mark on our theology mm-hmm. and our piety. Okay, so yes. Um, now, uh, you're struggling with this idea. You know, he was pro-slavery and yet he wrote these um, articles. You said your question is basically, um, you know, how do we use a statement penned by people that were pro-slavery and uh, when, when we're not, when, when we're, anti, yeah. when we're anti-slavery? Yeah. Um, and you say, I question the value of explicitly and publicly building the theological foundation off of this work. So uh, let me say a couple of things. One – um, I don't know that you're building your theological foundation off of that work as much as you were saying this is a, a good and clear um, elucidation of scripture, foundational doctrines yeah. that are in scripture. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind is, you know, our constitution in America is a very good thing, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking constitution, bill of rights, the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever Nicolas Cage wanted to steal. Yep. No, recover, save. He was saving it. I guess he was protecting it. You're right. He was was a deep state there. There there was. (laughs) So thank you, Nicholas Cage. I would, um, I would say it's important for us to recognize that any human writing outside of scripture was written by men who were sinful. Mm -hmm. uh, Some of whom had huge problems, flaws, others of whom had smaller flaws. And uh, we need to be able to discern did what they write, um, did what they write, of, uh, was it was it something that inherently uh, condoned evil? Was it something that promotes wickedness or false doctrine? Uh, so back to the Constitution, the Constitution said more ideologically than even the framers ultimately understood. And the more we worked with the Constitution to understand it and the better light that we got, we were able to say, like, listen, when it says all men are created equal, we don't just mean white landowners. We mean everybody. We understand it to have a better import than what the original people designed because we're not dealing with scripture. We're dealing with the writings of people. So I can say that the that the Constitution is a good thing. I like it a lot. I'm pro-Constitution. I think uh, as Americans, we, we ought to defend the Constitution, uphold the Constitution. But at the same time, uh, I think you got to recognize that many of the framers of the Constitution, many of the people that were, uh, you know, our founding fathers, both in the SBC and in our country, had bad ideology when it came to people, race, and the issue of slavery. So whatever we do, right, we have to be able to parse out all of the good and the bad. What did uh, what did this person that we're looking at say, and how are they wrong? So I'll give you an example. Southern Presbyterian Robert Louis Dabney. Uh, I actually really enjoy his systematic theology. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a collection of lectures. Um, I reference it quite a bit, and uh, in my in my personal studies, and I don't encourage a lot of people to read Robert Louis Dabney uh, because I think I, I have better options for them. But also because, like, you know, Homeboy wrote a lot of really bad stuff about slavery, about Lincoln. Uh, I think he said Lincoln was a demon in one of the letters I read <laughs> um, for his emancipation of the slaves. So, but I got to be able to say, like, okay, so. This guy had error in his theology. So what I, what I, especially when it comes to the Imago Dei and race and things like that. So when I'm looking at their theology, where does or does, and if it does, where does their bad theology and corrupt piety bleed into what they're talking about? 
Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I think we have to recognize where these people have failed and be honest about it and not hold them up as heroes. We shouldn't hold them up as heroes. Um, but we should be able to say, hey, listen, what this person is actually fundamentally known for is still a good thing. And what they're fundamentally known for, that thing was, uh, accomplished great good. And we can affirm that while condemning these other things that they are not as well known for, but are still true of them. We can condemn. So I, I think we need to condemn the slavery of James Pettigrew Boyce and his perspective on that, uh, while at the same time saying, well, what was actually penned by Basil Manley um, is a good statement. And it's it's in keeping with the 1689. And it isn't, uh, I don't find any problem with it in and of myself. Now, but you, your conscience may not let you use that statement because of it. If your conscience is really bothering you, uh, then don't use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used the, the the abstract when we started Redeemer because we didn't want to go full 1689 on everybody and say this is what everybody is going to hold to. Yeah. A, because not all of our elders were there yet. And B, B though they were all thoroughgoing five-point Calvinists, but also B, because we didn't, we weren't sure yet how to handle confessional identity with church membership. Mm-hmm. How much are they supposed to embrace? So we went with the abstract and we like it. All we had to do was add scripture references to it because Basil didn't do that. So I had to do that part. Wah, wah. Yeah, that was a fail. Um, so that's, you know, he says, I don't judge Boyce to be unregenerate for his pro-slave holding. Uh, I do question the value of explicitly publicly building a theological foundation on his work. But I think that's fair. Um, but big, the, I think the bigger conversation to be having is can we say that what one man did was wrong uh, in this area of his life, which was big. It, 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 it really does show a, a serious problem. Yeah. But does that mean that everything that they said and did is inherently corrupt and wrong? I, do, I don't think so. And this is coming out like, so with like McDonald, right? Now, McDon- James McDonald, the guy that got canned from Harvest for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or um, even Driscoll. Driscoll, right? Tullian. Yep. These guys wrote a lot of books. And so the question is, is what, well, these guys flamed out through ungodliness, should we read their books? And I remember John Piper said, well, maybe for a time we don't, right? Maybe for a time and right now, we just kind of put all that stuff on the back burner. But it doesn't mean that what they said was wrong. Now, in the case of James McDonald, a lot of what he wrote was was not great, uh, theologically, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But uh, if somebody wrote something that is good and true, it is still good and true regardless of who they were. Um, what's the value in reading their stuff? Well, did they say it better than somebody else? Or is there somebody else better to choose from? I think that's all valid in the conversation. So I'm not quick to throw out. Um, I'm not going to throw out Southern Seminary. Um, I'm grateful for my my Southern Seminary education. I'm grateful for the people that I met there, uh, like Steve McCoy's. Um, well, why, why, why you got to do that? Well, I'm just saying he was no, there. You're here with me. And yeah, you no, have to, you have to, you have to throw up Steve. I'm just letting you know, Steve actually went to seminary. Yeah, what's he doing with it? Uh, he's doing the Twitter. And? He works for Mission Group. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, all your education, you couldn't escape you know Ed Stetzer. He led a he led a great uh, breakout session at our conference. He well, yes, he did. He yeah, did it was do that. Really good. Lots of people talk about that. Oh, it was a great session. Nobody remembers what we preached on. Yeah. All right, did so we preach? That's uh, <laughs> that's that. Those are my thoughts on it, man. Um, be thoughtful. Be careful. Don't let's not turn anybody into a hero. I never like it would be like, well, my hero. I remember like I heard these seminary presidents like Jerry Vines is my hero. Uh, don't make Jerry Vines your hero. Maybe make Jesus your hero and let it learn but, from other people. But hold on. Vines has the Bible bus. Is it the, is it the Bible bus? Is that I don't the know. Vines Bible bus? I don't remember. I still don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. All right. All right. We have another one here from Theodore. All right. What does uh, Theodore say? Oh, I know him and his brothers. Simon. Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> you so, you so dumb. That was good, man. <laughs> Come on. All right. Dear Jimmy and Joe. 
I'm about no, half, no, 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 wait, wait, no. I'm about it says Dear finished. Joe and Jimmy. He rightly... No, um, Dear Jimmy and Joe. Okay. I'm about halfway finished with my MDiv degree from Trinity Evangelical Divinity oh, School He couldn't in get into Illinois. Midwestern or Southern. Go. I go to a Calvinistic Baptist church, and I'm very happy, happy with my church and fellowship there. However, looking forward, I'd like to potentially pastor a church which is more explicitly in line with the Reformed Baptist Confessions. Since this is all kind of new to me, do you have any advice on how I can best set myself up now for something like this in the future? Again, I have no real complaints about my own church. They're great and I love them. I just want to be more confessional in my own ministry. Any thoughts? All right. We'll start by creating an anonymous blog about all the problems at your current church. That's the first thing to do. Mm. Yeah. That's that, that's always a good move. Um, all right. So you're going to a good school. You're getting your MDiv, which is great. Going um, to a good church. You, you yep. You got it. good sure support the there. Being proclaimed. Yep. And they're not going to be offended. Uh, more than likely, they're not going to they're not going to be hurt that you want to go to a, a particular kind of church when you got the pastor or plant or whatever. So um, so all of this is uh, relatively easy. How do you set yourself up for transitioning to a reformed Baptist context in in to whatever degree that is? Um, some things that come to my mind is make sure that you are well read and educated in reformed Baptist theology. Mm. Um, you're not going to get that at Trinity. Um, you're not going to, you're actually, you're not going to get that at most seminaries, right? Unless you go to IRBS in Texas, yeah. that you will get a reformed Baptist education. You'll get Calvinistic theology. You might get Baptist theology, but really reformed Baptist confessionalism. You're going to go to IRBS for something like that. Yeah. So make sure that you're educating yourself. Listen to the doctrine and devotion podcast. Good place Step to start. One, Step one, job. accomplished. Success there. <laughs> um, make sure you're reading the classics. Uh, be really familiar with RBAP. Uh, read everything that they put out. I think that's really important. But, I mean, something that we're really big believers in, in general, get to know people in that tribe. Right. If you, if you respect so, yeah, a particular how do you find, group, like what do you like on, on social media? Just kind of. Sure. Why not? Um, yeah, find, I really don't see ARPCA having a social media group. I don't see them really having like a Facebook group. But you can find ARPCA online and you can find local churches that are a part of the uh, Association of Reformed Baptist Churches in America. You can also find churches. I almost wonder if they have a website. Do you think yeah, they, of have course a, they do. What are you talking about? Well, I, I've met some of them. Yeah. You met the Grand Pooba, Dr. Jimmy Renahan's. Yeah, and I had to show him how to take a picture. Okay, yeah, but he's old. You know, come on. <laughs> First of all, that's not true. I did not have to do that. No, no, yeah. but he is but, super old. And smart. But he wears a bow tie. Oh, all of the time. By the way, everybody, only he's allowed to wear the bow tie. All you else, everybody yeah, else, everyone else, stop. Just stop. Just don't do it. All right. Anyway. Yeah, him um, and James White, that's it. James White can wear the bow tie, too. Mm -hmm. But he needs to stop wearing those coogies. What is they look up? pretty good. No, he does not. He does. He does. Stop no, it. he does not. It's his, it's his style. It looks good. He looks like an emaciated white Bill Cosby. That's what he looks like. Because that's where the coogies were very popular. Bill Cosby. You want to wear something associated with Bill Cosby? Hmm. I'm not yeah. I'm not jumping into hey, this line. You know, we'll go back to Luke's email. You're going to wear a coogie after it was associated with a guy who was like not going, date raping I, girls I, and I stuff? I am not going down All this right. line. Well, I'm just saying. Like, obviously, Dr. White. No. You should rethink. Re no, rethink the no. coogie. Nope. And your affiliation, nope. Nope. your endorsement of Bill Cosby. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> apologize, Joe, publicly. I'm not, I'm not apologizing. Apologize publicly. He should apologize for wearing the Bill no, Cosby stop sweater. Stop it. Stop it. All right. 
Think of, just think of all the things that Bill Cosby did in those sweaters. All right, that's all you got to think about. No, all right, because I'm just saying, like, don't wear them. That doesn't mean he wore those sweaters outside. Oh, you know no, he did. It was part you, of the show. It was the. It was. It was the outfit they gave him to wear. No way. That's a Stop. Bill Cosby thing. No, it is not. Yeah, just no. like the whole show is built around his comedy. All right, we can we, can we focus here. All right, so find uh, the local churches that uh, national churches. Find people that you respect. Right, uh, these guys are super approachable. Like what I have found in general is most pastors, most of these theologians, if you were to say, hey, I'm a guy that wants to go into ministry. I really resonate with Reformed Baptist theology, and um, but I'm not a f- part of a Reformed Baptist church. Who, who, could, who should I talk to? Right. Is in this denom- in Arbka, is there a church planting arm? Uh, maybe there's a church in the state that I can just go and sit down and, and talk with. And yeah, usually they have uh, like I'm thinking Arbka. I always get the emails. They usually have uh, seminars or oh, conferences, conferences over yep. in Indiana quite mm-hmm. often. Yeah. So, th- I mean, th- there's ways for you to connect with these guys. That's going to be really important. So make sure that you're 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 developing your theology that will be a good fit for mm-hmm. Reformed Baptist churches. I don't they're not going to be so picky about where you went to seminary. They are going to care that you're educated, that you have masters of divinity, at least they're they're going to care that you are articulate and sharp in your theology. Um and they're going to want to know, like, especially in those contexts, do you hold to the 1689? Do you have any exceptions? And if you do, what are they? Because that's going to have an impact on the kind of church that you'll wind yeah, up pastoring. Yeah. Now, again, if if you're if you're just talking about Reformed Baptist theology in general, not specific confessionalism, if you're saying like, oh, I'm a Calvinist, I'm a five point Calvinist, and and I just want to be a part of a church that's Baptist and Calvinistic, there's a lot of options open to you. Um, so make sure that you're connecting with those kinds of churches, meet those people. Uh, build those relationships. And what I've found is that not only are these people willing to talk and help and point you in the right direction, a lot of them will be willing to really kind of coach you along. Like the, I've had friends help me throughout my ministry at various levels. You're and welcome. It, and in various ways, mostly Jimmy Fowler. And, um, and yeah, so you're, you don't have to try and figure it out on your own. Start talking to the people in that group uh, and they'll point you in the right direction, man. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's that complicated of a thing. Uh, start now though. Don't wait. You know what I mean? You're halfway through. Mm-hmm. Use the next year and a half um, to uh, to really make those connections work, you know, and uh, start planting. I mean, and I don't remember. I don't think it says in here if he's thinking about planting or what. Um, uh, it just says pastor church. Huh? Yeah. So there's a smaller pool to, you know, to work with if you're talking about a Reformed Baptist church. That's a small pool of churches. Yeah. So um, – it, again, it depends on to what degree you're saying reformed. I mean, people use that term differently uh, in different ways. So, yeah, man. Uh, Theo, Simon. Alvin. Alvin. Uh, yeah. Get your theology on. Talk to people. Build relationships. You know what? Other people might have advice for this guy, too, on the podcast. How can they uh, How can they engage in the conversation and, and maybe give some advice to this guy? Yeah, you could follow us online on Instagram or Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com, that you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast and head on over to iTunes and leave us that honest five-star review. I like an honest five-star review. Yeah. You know, I don't like the honest one-star reviews as no, much. No, no, those are dishonest. The, the, I feel like those are just a little bit... Dishonest. You know, they're, I, I don't feel encouraged. I definitely don't feel lifted up. Mm. And so I think it, it would be better if people just left honest five-star reviews. In fact, let me see here. I'm going to go look it up. Because I was just over there. You can, you can hang on. Everybody can hang on. No, second. no. Let's finish this up. we got to wrap this up. up. No, I'm, I'm going to look at this here. All okay. right, here you go. I'm going to go listen to Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog right. posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Here's your last chance. Five. Oh, it's not coming up. Later. we got we got, we got a couple one-stars. Bye. I don't like that. Later. <laughs>